Come on, come all, come gather around. Come hear tales both lost and found. Finally, show not about true crime. It's David and Michael Story Time. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Story Time. I'm David Miller, and always eager with open ears is me, Michael Santel. Uh, David has prepared for us a childhood treat, uh, something he has been, uh, 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 what do you call it, saliva, spinning at the mouth, salivating at the mouth, prepared to tell us this animal tale. David, what have you prepared and what are you bringing to the show? Oh God, I am, listen audience, I am so excited about this. Uh, so... Literally, like, less than a week ago, I got a wild hair of, like, hey, what? I wonder if I could find these books from when I was a kid that I loved. They were, like, my favorite thing from, like, age 8 until early teens. Uh, uh, where did you discover them? Where did you originally <laughs> find them in the world? Uh, uh, well, okay, so it's because they are scholastic. They are done by scholastic, like, publishing or whatever. I think I did first discover them at, like, a book fair or in a, a book catalog that they, like, give you out in schools. How would you know to like it if it was in a book catalog? It, the cover, it, it, man. That, and that's one of the things about this series. So we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so d- we're talking around it. Uh, audience, and you've already seen it in the name of the title, so it's not a surprise. <laughs> but we are going over Animorphs uh, by K.A. Applegate. Written by K.A. Animorphs. Applegate. Animorphs, yeah. Um, Have the Applegates written other novels? <laughs> uh, K.A. Applegate has written other things. I have not read anything else that she has written. Um... I have read everything she's written in Animorphs, but the caveat there is it was all over 20 years ago. So, <laughs> so. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll, I guess I'll ask you this in a second when we start it, but no, I can ask you to you now. Mm-hmm. Do the books hold up? Dude. I've Okay. So like I said, earlier this week, I got a wild hair to check them out. I went, I looked them up. I found some seller on Etsy that was selling like a ton of them, not the whole series, but like a ton of them. Um, for not too expensive, considering how many books it was. So I went, yeah, and they arrived in just a few days. And I read two, the first two books in one day, and I read the third book yesterday in one sitting. And part of that is because, I mean, they're books that are written for kids. Uh, I'd say probably junior Children. high level. Junior high okay. level is, I think, the, the, the age range they're looking for. I think I started a tad early uh, for their their aimed target audience. But... They're fairly short. They're like 180 pages each on, you know, not like 10-point font yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big pages. It's it's not a huge amount. They're not huge tomes, but uh, they're I they're, only they're remember seeing them when I was a kid, and when I was a kid, they felt like a million pages. It was like a real book. They're really it was long. like It was like, oh, this is a book my mom might yeah. read. There's so it, many words When in you here. finish an Animorph book as a kid, you were like, I read a whole book, and it was like, true. It's a chapter book. It's got over 100 pages, so like as a kid, you're like, damn, I made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, I do they hold up? I would say yes. I am having a delightful time reading these. <laughs> okay. Now they're not gonna they're not gonna like be super subtle and subtext. And, like although there, <laughs> sure, there sure. is that, and like I, I in reading this as an adult, I'm like, wow, there are some themes in here that are like totally hardcore. <laughs> Ooh, I'm excited to hear as an adult what themes were lost on you as a oh, kid. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I. Didn't know how to read until high school, so this was way too big of a thing for me to get into. 
Let's talk about it. The covers were always yeah. so amazing. Dude, what is the what I mean, is I mean, the I, cover? I can show you. For, the audience can't see it here, but like every cover, yeah. had it is a, a girl's sort of, face. Slowly, well, this is a boy. This is the boy, and then oh my next god, one. that no, David, that is a girl. No, that is a lion man. That is that's Jake. That, that's Jake. Okay. Jake is slowly turning into a reptilian, a, rep, a reptile, a, lizard, a reptile, yeah. a lizard, a lizard yeah. man. And what was fun about them is there, so there's like a, yeah, there's like a sort of like uh, a piece by piece evolution of one of one of the characters. But not um, like the monkey, not like that monkey picture evolution. There's lots of little pictures in between. Yeah, it's like, it's like face morphing, like bit by bit. Um, and then if you, if you open the main cover, like the first page is the picture of just the animal, like that they have turned into. I've um, never just seen the picture picture page before that lizard yeah. looked way doper on that page yeah, yeah it's really cool um so it's great oh, the covers are do, ridiculous do each of the books have names or is it always anamorph book seven it's, it's anamorph. like anamorph number one but then each one does have a title okay yeah, the something usually um shout uh I, the I, other hold on the other cool thing about the books is and it's gonna be hard to show you in the camera but in the bottom corner yeah. There's a little picture, and if you flip through the book, it's the person turning it. into the animal. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a, it's yeah. Like one of those little yeah. flip books. Listen, these were made for kids, and they totally hit it out of the park just in the presentation alone. There was a so, short lived Nickelodeon show that uh, ran for, like, I don't know, half a season. Um, oh, maybe, starred... maybe, maybe I watch and bring that to the show. Uh, Jake, the main one of the main characters, I guess the main like the leader of the group. His name is Jake. Uh, he was played by uh, was it Sean Ashmore, the guy who played uh, Iceman in the X Men movies. Oh boy, that's full circle for you. That's all your loves. That's like yeah. everything colliding all at once. He was also in the the Disney Channel original TV series in a heartbeat about high school aged EMTs, but we're not going to get into that. High school age EMTs? Yeah, what a terrible you... idea. Yeah, they can only save people before ten o'clock or whatever. They like dealt with starts. terrible medical trauma and high school trauma. <laughs> this trigonometry is so hard. Clear. Oh man, I don't know if I'm going to make the basketball. Team. Quick, this guy's flatlining. <laughs> <laughs> Every day the world goes by, I'm learning how to live my life. I'm waking up to what is to I'm holding on to me and you cause everything keeps changing, changing. Life is fast and life is sweet. Everything's rearranging and arranging. We're living life. So, four okay predictions. Oh yeah. So, what do you know about this? I don't. I I don't even think I know what the genre is. Mm. So I can't even. I can tell you that. <coughs> see, but I feel like that's going to dictate a lot. Um, sure. All right. What is the what is the genre? I choked on some coffee. Uh, what is the genre? The genre is science fiction, which doesn't help me much because I would have guessed that from the title, really. Well, it could have been it could have but, this yeah. could have been magic. This could have sure. been oh, like yeah. sure, the, sure, sure. you like are the knights thing. of the animorphs and with these daggers you can transform. I will tell you this, uh for the reason of like how things work, functionally the sci-fi is about the same as fantasy. It's oh, there's technology right. that makes this possible. But yeah. Right. So, okay. It is a preteen 
novel, if you will. So it I is don't... aimed at junior high kids, at least to start, and the main cast of characters are junior high kids. Right. I don't want to pre- – like, I, I'm sure there's going to be a kid who's a little bit troubled and one kid likes a girl and he's okay. learning that his dad is not as good as he – like, all of those <laughs> things I think are going to be there. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. My predictions about Animorphs are – there are uh you can only be in animal form for so long okay and there's some sort of time window that you can't transform again like you get locked out or something okay so i'm sh- i'm sure we'll run into some like and then he was flying and he was about to get off to the the cliff but he transformed back into a human and gotcha, fell gotcha, gotcha. okay cool right okay. i think that's going to happen i think we're de- we're definitely going to have uh we're, we'll 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 have a scene where uh, someone's in peril, but like instantly, is the animal part of them saves them? Okay, okay. Um, Long shot prediction. I, I, well, I was trying to. I was. I, I apologize for thinking in my head. I was thinking I, like they, they don't how, know how long you thought that right, I, right. I cut all that dead <laughs> space out. <laughs> I'm thinking like, how do they get the animorphs' power? So is mm-hmm. it? It's science fiction. So like, maybe a scientist is working on it. And maybe Eric is his the kid, whatever the kid's name. Jake. What was the, Jake. <laughs> maybe Jake. Maybe Jake is his son, and he becomes. The, but there's other kids who are animorphs too, so maybe they're like a mutant species here on the Earth. Okay. Uh, okay. Um. Oh, and a lot of events are going to happen at school. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Great. and always. I mean, this this actually works now. <laughs> This prediction actually works, David. There's going to be talking animals. Okay, so what I told... <laughs> There's going to be talking animals. I told someone that I was going to be doing Animorphs. Um, uh, <laughs> and they were like, wow, you you really like talking animals, don't you? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know. I haven't been subtle about this. <laughs> well, David, let's blue skidoo and jump into this book. What is the first Animorph mm, book so called? All right, so Animorphs number one is called The Invasion. Oh, okay. it's aliens. <laughs> aliens. It's okay. aliens, David. It's the 90s. I should have known better. Every other show on TV was about aliens. So I'm going to tell you real quick. I'm going to go over kind of the framing for how these books are, and then I'm going to talk about the main characters real quick, and then we're going to jump right in. Okay. So each book is written in first-person point of view. Yeah, just like Doom. From from the point of view of one of the main five characters. Oh, okay. So every book is one POV. Uh, as a clue, you'll know who's talking in the book for who's on the cover. Okay, great. So on this cover, it's Jake. In the second book, we'll get to it. It's Rachel. Uh, so, uh, all right. So there are five kids, like middle school age kids. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Shouldn't you go into this? Shouldn't we? Shouldn't I hear how the main char- how this character runs into these five? That you're okay. Uh, at the mall in the beginning, they all know each other. Okay, all right. So, all right. So, I, so I would like to tell you like, kind of who they are. Because the beginning of the book is like, hey, here's who I am. Hey, here's what I was doing. Here's my friends. Sure. Here's what happened, uh, right? Is this a big city or a small town? Uh, here's the thing. So each book starts with, hey, my name is Jake. I can't tell you my last name. I can't tell you anything about where I live, the city I live in, or anything like that. Or they will come and find me. If they find us, then everything is lost and the human race is doomed. So I'm being a little secretive about this. 
Which means that these books are also sort of written like the kids are governed. You're an insider now. Listen, Dude, I'm going to tell you what's really going on. It's a really great – it's a really great series for a kid to write. <laughs> like it, this, this series blew my fucking mind as a kid and probably opened me up to like loving stories as much as I do. Really. Like it, it this, this book series fucked me up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I have diverted you enough. The fir- Okay. Tell me about Jake. Here we go. Jake is your typical kid. He's, uh, you know, they're all junior high. He's kind of a big kid, but not like super, super huge. But he's like not not thin and weak. Uh, he's got an older brother who's now in high school named Tom that he looks up to a lot and hangs out with a lot. Tom is a big like athlete. Uh, uh, Jake, you know, like all boys. And oh, I should tell you, this is set and is so set in 1996. <laughs> wow, so we are gonna we are gonna get some like little details of what they do or how they do they're, stuff. They're gonna go to the movie theater to see Twister. They're gonna there go. Are, there are zero even ideas of cell phones in this. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, sh- yeah. Like, so this is 1996. Okay, it's a big deal that they're at the mall. Think of all yeah. the coordinating that oh, had to go to talk get about that. there. We're gonna talk about a lot of stuff like that. So Jake is into video games. He likes sports. Uh, we find out in the very beginning he tried out for the basketball team in his junior high, like like his brother had been on and been the star of. But he, he didn't did make not, it. He did he not, did make, not make it. And he's like like dreading having to tell his brother that he didn't make the team. Uh, uh, he has a best friend. His best friend's name is Marco. Is Marco part of the five? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Marco is our next character we're talking about. Marco is the jokester. He's the kid who... Hey, I'm always inappropriate! He's kind of shorter than most other boys, um, he, so he's kind of, like, self-conscious about that. He's got long black hair. He's um, uh, Latino, as far as I remember. Uh, they don't, like, talk about it that much, but I think so. Um, he He's always kind of deflecting with humor. He's the one that is constantly like, guys, this is insane! Like, okay. that, that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's, yeah, yeah. He's absolutely the comic relief. He also is super smart. Like, all of the other characters will constantly be like Marco's always joking and being sarcastic, but he's actually like probably the smartest one of us. Um, cool. He has a single dad uh, because his mom drowned two years ago. Oh, if only he could turn into an animal and save her. <laughs> Jesus, and the, the body was never found. Oh no! That so like literally, the animals it, like, ate her. It like wrecked. Him and his dad. He doesn't have any brothers or sisters. And his, his dad, like, literally, he says throughout the books, like, he is the only thing keeping his dad alive. Like, so Listen, one of his, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get when to you're it. 13 years old and your mom dies, that's the worst thing to oh, ever happen in your life. I mean, life. yeah, that's not a great thing. <laughs> it's a terrible thing. So Marco is, is Jake's best friend, even though they are, like, very opposites as far as personalities, but they're, like, best buds. Um, we have Rachel, then, is Jake's cousin. Oh, so far everyone's everything's related to Jake. Uh, well, we'll kind of do that because he's the point of view of the first book. But yeah, okay. they're, they're all sort of friends. They go to the same school. Uh, Rachel is Jake's cousin. She's like a you know pretty blonde white girl kind of thing. Um, sure, she does gymnastics. Oh yeah, uh, uh, which was big in the nineties. I remember. Uh, <laughs> I did. I was in Jiminy Kids. I did gymnastics. She's um, she's very fashionable and stylish. So because she's like very pretty, very sort of classically like stylish and fashionable and stuff, a lot of people get like that sort of vibe from her. But like, but she's not all, that all girl, of her David. And her make the point that like, listen, I'm not like some girly girl. Like I'll mix it up. She's super headstrong and confident. She um, uh, she has a single mom. Her parents are divorced. Uh, she has two younger sisters, so she's the oldest. Um, and she's, yeah, she's just like a very confident, like, 
fuck it. I, I, that doesn't scare me. I'll do it. Like, that kind of shit. Um, while still being sort of this very classically feminine uh, uh, person. Um, then we have uh, Cassie. Cassie is one of Rachel's good friends. Um, she is a lot quieter. She's like the peacemaker. She's super empathetic. Um, they, like, make reference to her being always the one that, like, calms people down or gets people to, like, stop being mad at each other, <laughs> um, which is great. Uh, uh, she, uh, Jake has a crush on her, and it's very clear, but, like, it's very junior high as well. Um, that means he calls her a lot on the telephone, and they talk about things. <laughs> they, like, touch hands every now and then, and, like, when someone might notice, they, like, get all embarrassed about it, that kind of shit. Um, she's very into animals. She lives on a on a farm or, like, on a like a ranch sort of area. Um, so it's for... a city next to a farm. Yeah, there's, like, a lot of different biomes here. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, the, her, both of her parents are veterinarians. Um, one runs, like, a wildlife rehabilitation clinic at their farm the other works at like a theme park zoo wildlife thing with like the bigger crazier animals think of the fights at the kitchen table between those two <laughs> i'm just being like what you're doing there is wrong you know that those animals deserve to be free um and it's not it's not a huge plot point of anything at least that i remember or that i've read so far but cassie is um black and then the last character in our five is tobias uh, Tobias is like... What a name. What a name. Getting a Tobias in this Listen, story. you said that there's going to be one of the kids that's like a troubled kid, has a bad home life and shit like that. Is this trouble kid? Listen, we got Tobias. Uh, so oh. Tobias is the quiet, quote unquote, weird kid. He's got kind of scraggly blonde hair. He doesn't really know what to do with it. Um, he's picked on all the time at school. And once Jake stood up for him while he was like getting swirlied in the bathroom, right? And since then, Tobias is like, yo, Jake's cool. He's my friend. I'm going to, like, hang out with Jake. So he kind of hangs around with Jake. It sounds like Jake's more of his bodyguard, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I take it. Uh, he lives with his uncle. Ooh, um, where's his parents? Dead. Oh, no. Yeah, That's both, why he's got issues. Both of his parents died, and his uncle and his aunt live on opposite sides of the country and keep kind of shunting him back and forth to each other. Basically, like, neither of them wants him wants to take care of him he just sort of floats around so he's a very like loner floater sort of kid right latchkey kid no one they don't really care about what no he's one, doing literally no one cares like where he's at or what he's doing oh yeah. boy poor guy okay all right so that's our cast of characters it kind of starts off with that sort of setup they're all at the mall it's a friday night they're hanging out uh jake and marco are playing video games as they run out of quarters and they're leaving they run into tobias who's like hey i'll walk home with you guys as they're like leaving leaving the mall they run into cassie and rachel who are like hey we're headed that way too let's all walk together so they're walking over and there's two ways to get home the long safe way around or they can cut through the abandoned construction site which their parents always tell them not to do because there's like homeless people or like high schoolers you know when whatever. we were in middle school we cut through when we would walk home yeah. from the middle school you could go like down the block and around the cul-de-sac to like get back we would literally just go through the planter beds like up yeah. on a hill where the gardeners were at and like yeah. drainage <laughs> ditches yeah yeah. Fuck the long way. The best part of being young is, what are they going to hurt Shortcuts. you? You're a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so they obviously go through the construction yard. And this is a very 90s thing of like, oh, they're Friday night. These junior hires, they were hanging out at the mall, playing video games, and then walked home. 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of this is. A yeah, their parents years ago. had no problem with them walking home mm-hmm. in the middle. As of As long the night. as they didn't cut through the abandoned construction site. Like, oh, they the did. Rule. They're going yeah. through the site. So they cut through the site, uh, and um, as they do, they're walking through. One of them looks up. I think it was Tobias who notices because he's kind of just staring off into the sky, into the stars. Because he's he got no- dumb. He's a dumb dummy, and he's just looking around all he's the time. He's a dreamer. Uh, uh, he sees an alien ship, a UFO, literally <laughs> coming down. <laughs> And he's like, the fuck is that? And everyone's like, oh my god. And no one wants to say it, but then someone's like, that is a UFO. And they're like, no way. And then it comes down closer and closer, and it literally lands right in front of them. And they, like, don't know what to do. Uh, And And then Zordon comes out and says, I need five teenagers with morphing abilities. Okay, well, listen. (laughs) So, so, (laughs) Tobias, like holds his hands up to it and it's kind of like, listen, uh, we mean you no harm kind of what a thing. And they all hear in their heads, like, I know you don't mean me any harm or whatever, but they don't hear it audibly. It's like literally like telepathic speak. David, they- you don't have to tell me about alien telepathic speak. <laughs> That's what they do. They, they, they probe your body. So your butt, like your body gets stunned and then they go like, yo, everything's fine, but you're going to go for a test now. So the door opens and out comes. A, How does the door open? Is it like uh, a or is it? No, like I, a, I'm gonna say it's like a shh, like a like okay, a Star okay. Trek like sliding metal door. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, uh, uh, out comes an andalite, um, and actually, I, I will show you what that looks like. Uh, What's an andalite? David Goodwood back. He has a special shelf with all these books on it in his home had, now. He has a special to, location. I had to run and grab a, a, the, another one of the books. Uh, so this is an Andalite. Uh, oh, my God. They're a mythical blue uh, Tauros monster. A minotaur, if you will. Yes. Yeah, so they are They are blue. They don't have a mouth. Um, they have regular eyes where they would normally have eyes. But then they have two other eyes that come off their heads on, like, little stalks that can, like, swivel around and look. Um, they are like a half, like a centaur almost. The top half yeah. of their body is like a human body, but covered with blue fur. Uh, top the whole half is like a man, fur. but the bottom half is a horse dick. Like a horse, yeah. Uh, and then they have a tail, like a long tail that is kind of like a scorpion tail, and it has like a blade on the end. Oh, I, I was about to ask, is that a blade or a hand? So a it doesn't. Okay, so it doesn't grab things that like swaps no, it's straight things. Straight up a blade. Um, so out comes this Andalite, and they don't get the sense that it's, like, dangerous. And also, it is clearly terribly wounded. Um, does it come, does it look like, uh, does it look like Bambi's dad when the door opens up and he's standing <laughs> in the light and he's like, Kaloo! Uh, well, he's terribly wounded, so he sort of stumbles out of the ship. And as the ship, like, kind of lands and gets closer, they notice that there's, like, scorch marks and, like, fucked up parts on the side. So it's clearly seen some shit. Um, he comes out. His name is Elfangor Sirenial Shamtul. Okay, I'm just going to remember the first part. Elfangor. Elfa- Elfangor. Elfangor. Yeah. He is an Andalite prince named Elfangor. A prince? Uh, yeah. And he's like, he says in their minds, obviously, because he doesn't have a mouth to speak with, he says, like, listen, I am dying. They're like, we can help you. And he's like, no, I am fucking dying. You need to listen to me. I, I need to warn you. Hold on. Yeah. What a mindfuck for these kids to now know that UFOs and aliens are real. Aliens are terrifying blue fucking scimitar beasts. This guy's bleeding to death. Yeah. Not only do they not have time to process that, they're now told this dire consequence. Yes. David, what, what, what are they told? He says, I need to warn you, we, the Andalites, have been fighting against the Yerks. 
Yerkes oh, spelled those, those those tents, right? Those tents that the people live in. <laughs> Yerks is Y E E R K S. Um, and they, what they are is they are like a little slug-like creature. They're not dangerous themselves necessarily, but what they do is they mind control other life forms and, and control them like puppets. Um, oh no. And so That's, they're yeah. kind of going throughout the galaxy, enslaving races of aliens to like conquer shit. And the Andalites are trying to stop them. Uh, they have set their sights on earth. Oh no, and, but we don't have any alien technology. How are we going to protect ourselves? And this Andalite is like, my whole ship was just destroyed in getting here, and I'm pretty sure I'm the only survivor. The other Andalites will be coming in, I don't know, hopefully a year, but maybe longer. But in the meantime, you have to defend yourselves. And why you couldn't know. the Andalites go to another planet? If these slug things are taking everything over, aren't there other Earth-like habitable planets? The why Andalites we... are trying to stop the Yerks. They're like trying to protect life forms from the Yerks. They're not the Yerks aren't straight up attacking the Andalites. We'll get to that, but like the Andalite homeworld is not like occupied or anything. Like Okay. These are these are like two empires essentially in war against each other, but okay. just one of them is straight up evil and one of them is not. <laughs> okay, okay. Um so he's like, listen, we've never done this before, but we, the Andalites, have a technology, have a sort of a weapon that we've never shared with any other race. But these are dire circumstances, and it's really unfair to not have any protection. So someone go into my ship and get a little box that's in there. And they all, like, look at Jake, and Jake's like, I, I guess I'll do it. Like, fuck. So he goes in there. What does he see in the ship? It's a cool, like, sci-fi ship. Everything's, like, rounded edges and, like, very sort of flowy and nice. Not a lot perfect, of controls. He, perfect he for babies. Perfect for babies. <laughs> a baby could go in there and not hurt itself. Yeah, well, it's all controlled with your fucking uh, your he, Andalite yeah, mind. He notices. He's like, I wonder if he controls it with his mind. That's cool. Um, he notices, like, a hologram that's basically, like, a family photo of, like, four Andalites, two smaller, two bigger. <laughs> it's, like, literally this prince's family. Like, just, this you know. Kodak his, moment. His, yeah, his desk picture. Um, but then he finds this cube, and it's easy to spot because it's the only thing with, like, solid, sharp edges because everything else is, like, rounded. It's this little Not box. Not good for a baby. A little glowing cube. Think, like, the Tesseract from Marvel. Yeah. It's basically that thing. Okay. Uh, so so he brings it out, and Elfangor is like, okay, so this technology we have is the power to morph. We can acquire DNA of things, and then you can transform your body into that thing. It. That is the weapon I offer you. Do you want it? Essentially, and they all have to like just they decide they all have to decide together, and they go, "Yeah." How is turning into a fucking animal allowing them to fight aliens? Of all the superhero powers they could have gotten, they're going to turn into bears and fight fucking these slugs, David. Sentel, yes, they are going to turn into <laughs> bears and fight these slugs. Thank you, and it is one of the coolest things I've ever read in my oh. life. Oh no, the aliens <laughs> are coming with their robots. No problem. It's time for cheetah. Listen, it's rad. Okay, <laughs> it's rad. So uh, all the kids have to go through their heads. I don't know. I mean, I'm just a normal video gamer kid, but could I have an alien morphing power? So he does warn them. Um, there, are, there, it, there are some rules to this. The rules. You can only transform into things that you acquire. So you have to actually touch an animal and like get its DNA into your body. <laughs> Thank God for Cassie's mom working at that zoo or whatever. There okay. you go, putting two and two together. <laughs> so, okay. so the first rule is they actually have to touch the animal. Yes, yes. The second rule is there is a time limit. Yeah. You can, you can only be in morphed form for two Earth hours. Okay. 
Which is which is seventy nine days in analyte time. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't <laughs> want to confuse us. He, he translates it to Earth hours. It's really nice of him. Um, uh, for two Earth hours, if you go over two Earth hours, you are stuck in that body and cannot morph ever again. Oh no! So yeah, you got to morph out. It doesn't automatically morph you out. You have to morph out, or you're stuck. Uh, is the morphing? Do they go? It's morphing time, or do they just sort of? You have to. Con- it's, it's a concentration thing. You concentrate on the animal you want to morph into, and you slowly change into it. The change takes anywhere between a minute to two minutes, so it's like a sign of a slow shift. Yeah. Does the analyte count as an animal? Are you saying could they acquire the analyte? Listen. I'm telling you, that Andalite is a fucking horse with a goddamn scorpion tail. That's- Here's what I'll tell you. Yes, they could acquire the Andalite. No, they don't. <sighs> well, also because they get the power. They all touch one side of the cube. Like, they all touch a part of the cube, like one of the faces of the cube. And then the Andalite's, like, holding it on the bottom. And they all feel warm and fuzzy. And then they Wait, have this hold power. On. Jiminy Cricket said, I am a human animal. Could I touch you and then turn into you? Theoretically, yes. We'll get to that in, like, book eight or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, they're going to go fly and jump as, as dolphins and shit for a couple chapters. Okay, um, wait, go back, go back. Okay, so, so now what's the happening? Powers, they get these powers, and then almost immediately, without much time to, like, really hash through anything else, um, other ships start coming down to land. And these are bad <laughs> ships. These are Yurk ships. And Elfangor is like, that's the Yurks. Fucking look out. Um, and, and then, uh, so there's two smaller, like, fighter ships. Those they call uh, bug ships. Because they look like little cockroaches without legs. Sure. Like hey. Beetleborgs. Sorry, my cats are fighting. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then um, uh, there's a bigger ship that looks kind of like an axe head. Uh, but like that flies and they call it the blade ship. That's why. Guess they what, call David? The These ship. kids are dead. There's no way you're going to defeat a bug ship and a, and a blade <laughs> ship. Okay. They already sound scary. So Elfangor is like, oh shit, you guys should run that big ship, the blade ship. That's his ship. Visser three's ship. And they're like, Visser three, who's that? Who's Visser three? Visser three is the leader of the Yurk invasion on earth. And he is the only Yurk to have ever controlled an andalite oh is he in andalite right now he, he is always in an andalite oh, body. he's in andalite so the only andalite we really get to see beyond elfangor at this point is an evil one and he therefore is the only yerk with the ability to morph and he can well i will see in a second so uh does uh, he have a sash or something that says evil one like how do they know well, does he have a, a scar on him how do they know him from under andalites uh well he's the only other andalite like, he's the only Andalite that the Yurks have, first of all. Oh, okay, okay. And he's now the only, well, Elfangor is dying, but Elfangor and him are the only Andalites in, like, our solar system. <laughs> you okay, know what I mean? Okay, like, okay. Uh, uh, so, they go and they hide behind, like, rubble, and the ships open, and out what comes... What rubble? Some... They're, at the, they're at the construction site! They should yeah. be hiding behind a house! If there's rubble well, there, yeah, David, they, they that is behind, not a like, good construction okay, site. They hide behind a half-constructed building. Is that better? <laughs> That's <laughs> not good at all! They're gonna see! They gotta be behind a retaining wall or well, something Well, they gotta be like able that. to peek over and see what happens, because... Okay. So the doors open and out file a bunch of, like, foot soldiers of the aliens, okay? So first are the Hork-Bajir... I'm not writing these down. Okay, the hork <laughs> The hork are like seven foot tall. They Actually, I have a picture of them too. You have uh, a picture of them too? Seven feet tall is so tall. These kids are fucked. There's no way these kids can beat any of this shit, David. They can't win. So, the kids can't win. Oh my God, that's terrifying. Yeah, so the hork are these big like um, 
kind of like lizard bird looking things. They don't have feathers, they're like scaly, but they, they, they walk on two feet, seven, uh, uh, seven feet tall. They have like horns and blades coming off their heads. They have big beaks. Um, and they have blades on their forearms, their elbows, and their knees. First off, they live in the inner earth. I'm pretty sure Queen Elizabeth is one of them. Yes, I've heard of these lizard people. That's they have, cr- oh, they have T Rex like feet. Yeah. Do they fight like Muay Thai fighters? Then yeah, like dude, when they, they just like slash yeah. you with their forearms and their elbows. They're fucking sure. Rat. Uh, um, Elfangor even is like he's like kind of calling out in thought speak to the kids, like explaining what's going. on. It's like those are Hork Bajir. They were an extremely peaceful race. Like they're super. They don't look it, but they're super chill. But the entire race of Hork-Bajir has been taken by the Yurks. So if you see one, it's a bad guy. <laughs> On their home planet, they just use their knives to, like, pop beers open and stuff. Like, here uh, you go. <laughs> this book I showed you with a picture of one is literally about their home planet. We'll get to it way later, but god damn, it's one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so then also file out are the Taxons, and they're these big-ass... God, I have a picture of them, too. How do you... Uh, why did you not have these ready? Why are you continually running back? You should have had all this ready. I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying you should have maybe done a little bit more pre-production. He's spreading the books out on the floor, looking for the perfect one. He has acquired it. Here is the picture. Okay. So they're these big, like... Oh, my God. Yeah, they're gross. Um, They're these big, like... Think think like a centipede or a millipede, um, but they're, like, twice as long as a person. They're, like, really long and big, and they stand, like... A third of their body is upright, and the rest of it is, like, on the ground wiggling. They have tiny little legs. The ones on the upper part of their body have, like, crab hands, almost, like crab claws. They've got, like, these weird jelly eyes on the top part and a big round mouth with teeth and a long, like, snaky tongue that comes out. If it was a little bit more sea animal-like, it would be like an H.P. Lovecraft monster. You know what I mean? It's very cosmic horror. It's like a big sea cucumber, but with legs and teeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, they file out, and they're gross, and Elfangor is like, those are the taxons. Again, all of the taxons have been taken by the Yerks, but the taxons willingly jumped aboard. They were like, they, fine, let's do yeah, it. They were, th- this was an upgrade. They're like, oh shit, we get to be a part of the players now? They're willing hosts. I think they get to it eventually, but I think it's because they just, all they care about is like feeding, right? Sure. Like, and so the Yerks promised them, we're going to take you guys all over the galaxy. You can eat all sorts of crazy shit. All you got to do is let us control your bodies. And they're like, fine. Right. <laughs> uh, so they come out. And then finally, Visser 3 comes out. Another Andalite walks down out the ship. Has kind of a sort of like, I have you now. Sort of back and forth with Elf Wait, 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 wait. But he's not saying this out loud. He's talking in his head, right? Yes, they're thought speaking, but they can also hear Visser Three and 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 uh, Elfangor think speaks to the kids of like. So the way think speak works, because you can do that while you're morphed. The way think speak works is you can either like choose who you're doing it to, or you can like broadcast it to whoever's in range. And Visser Three is doing that because he wants all of his foot soldiers to like see his like moment of triumph over Elfangor. Sure, sure, sure. So here comes Kylo Ren, and he's like, "I have you now." And he transforms into an Antarian bog, which I don't have a picture of. Uh, <laughs> but it's basically a huge, gross thing with like three huge tree trunk-sized legs and like a huge gaping mouth on the top of it. Again, the kids are gonna turn into fucking dolphins. What? Like, how do they beat alien animals? Alien animals seem so much more powerful than Earth animals. Uh, oh, I did forget to mention as the kids ran to hide, Tobias kind of stayed an extra second to like and like had like a moment with Elfangor. Um, 
And in that moment, we'll talk about it later, but in that moment, he kind of like just hail married a bunch of information dump into Tobias's brain about like how the Yurks work and shit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Visser 3 transforms into the Antarian Bog, lifts up uh, Elfangor, <laughs> and straight up just eats him. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> These kids witness this, this Andalite just oh. get straight up murdered. Um, and then Marco throws up. <laughs> As you do when you, see, yeah. when you see nature is metal, when you see some, like, hardcore shit. Which alerts a nearby Hork-Bajir, and then the chase is on. Everyone gets caught, they have to scatter, and they run, and they escape through this construction site. Um, and Jake kind of runs through all these abandoned buildings, and he's like, he runs into this room. Because he's been through this construction site before, even though it's dark, he kind of knows his way around. He runs into this small room, and runs, like, into a homeless dude who's, like, sleeping in one of these, like, half-finished buildings. That's why their parents told them not to go! They're the homeless folk! And the dude's like, get the fuck out of here! This is my sleeping spot! <laughs> and Jake's like, oh shit! And he, like, kind of hides in the corner, and then a hork comes in, and straight up murders that guy. <laughs> oh no! With laser guns, or with, like, animal knives and uh, like whatever they have jake i uh i, I want to say with the uh, the blades because jake didn't describe any lasers at that point okay um, okay uh, <laughs> uh he, but jake also heard when like elf when vister 3 was like eating <laughs> the andalite <laughs> everyone was laughing like all the hork and taxons were like what sounded like what could be laughter from all of them but jake also specifically heard the familiar sounds of human laughter and saw like silhouettes of a few humans over in the construction site. Oh, so no. very probably con- uh, controllers is what they call them. Anytime you see like a, someone controlled by a Yerk, they call it um, whatever it is controller. A human controller, hork controller, etc. So uh, there are – so the slugs have gotten humans. into some, some people. Oh, no. Invasion yeah. of the body snatchers. And when Jake is hiding and that homeless guy gets killed, he hears a human voice with the hork And the human is like, okay, well – they were they were obviously kids. Like we saw that they were kids, but we don't know who they are. If you find them, don't worry about fucking capturing them. Just kill them. Bring me the head. That way we can identify it. Oh and my Jake, god! Jake is like, a that's hardcore, and b that voice sounds so familiar. Who is that? But he can't quite place it. Maybe it's his older brother. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so he they eventually scatter. They make it home. They like to their respective oh. homes. That voice is going to be like their teacher or their principal or something. <laughs> it's going to be something like that. So they make it home, um, and the next day, uh, it's Saturday, Jake wakes up to a knock on his door. Have they acquired any animals yet? Have no. they? No. Okay. This is literally like the morning after. They all, like, Jake wakes up and is like, was that a fucking dream? What the fuck was that? Right. Uh, Mom knocks on the door. Jake, your friend Tobias is here. Tobias comes in and is, like, fucking amped. He's like, dude, I did it. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, I, I became my cat. Like, <laughs> and he's like, no fucking way. He's like, no, watch. And he turns into a cat. Question. Yeah. Is this two hours for the full day or? At a time. Okay. So you could turn into a cat for 20 minutes. Yeah. Change back to a human. Yeah. Then turn back into a cat and have upwards of two hours. And day. you have reset your timer. Yeah. How long does it take to transform? Is it instantaneous? Like a minute to two minutes. It takes two minutes? Like a minute or two, yeah. And, oh, and is it – And do you look like a fucking creepy like – Yes, when they, like, they keep talking about how like how weird it is to see someone morph if you've never seen it before because it is just fucking gross looking. Okay, uh, and, and it's you, not – like, You hear like bones like popping and <sighs> shifting and they keep saying like you feel like you know it should hurt but it just doesn't. Wow, wow. So like – so the transformation process 
for all intents and purposes, is a hideous process. It's a grotesque, like, body horror experience. Oh, my yeah. God. Which is sort of like when you're a 13-year-old kid. Yeah, yeah everything's <laughs> changing. My body just keeps moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so he turns into a cat, and Jake's like, holy shit. And he, like, thinks, speaks at him, and he's like, it's crazy. Like, I can also feel the cat's mind, though. Like, mm. pull some string for me. Please, like, yeah, and, okay. yeah, and Jake yeah, yeah. does, and Tobias, like, loses himself in catching this string, and Jake's like, Tobias, you're right? He's like, sorry, like, it was a really strong urge, like, you, I'm getting the sense that you have to really, like, keep control over the animal brain. It's like both of you in here driving the same car kind of thing. Sure, which means that the downside of more powerful predators is... Yeah, you might be a tiger, but like, oh shit, there's a little kid I want to go eat. So we're like, gonna learn that... about the dangers of animal brains throughout sure, the series. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Jake is like, okay, well then let me try, and he finds his dog, and he turns into a dog, and he's like, dude, it works. And also, as a dog, I was so happy all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course, he got belly rubs and as many bones as he wanted to. Um, so they go to. Uh, <laughs> so so they're like okay so we they call everyone and they're like hey let's all meet at cassie's farm we need to talk about this shit um and this the specific like great then we had chores to do so we did our chores and then went <laughs> to go it was true you had to do chores there's a you bunch of times throughout chores. this where they're like okay we have a mission to do let's all meet tonight and do this mission and someone will be like ah oh, i can't tonight me and rachel have like papers due tomorrow and it's like ah oh, fuck it's okay we'll do it on thursday like you know like shit like that it's really you know funny. the stakes of the world are low if you could do your homework assignment. Like, come on. Like, wouldn't you – wouldn't everything take backseat to the invasion of Earth? Well, they have to ma maintain extreme secrecy on their shit. So if they suddenly – the five of them start all skipping class and all, you know, whatever, then they're like, someone is going to put two and two together. And we'll okay. find out. We'll find out why it's so dangerous. Um, so we see Jake. We see Jake taking out the trash. We see Marco having to like pick, a, do some lawn work. Rachel's dusting. Yeah. They're all done. They go to the farm. Yes. What animals are on the farm? Well, hold on. So there was a. There was also a news story, like a you know, on the news that morning or whatever. That was like residents report UFOs and construction site. Police say, oh, it was just kids setting off fireworks. Mm, and that there technically makes, was kids there, well, and that makes all of the, the our five kids go, "Holy fuck!" Are the cops controllers? Because why would the cops care about hiding what this was and fuck make the up police. a story for that? So then they go to Cassie's farm. They meet Rachel, and Cassie's not there. And they're like, "Where's Cassie?" And she's like, "Oh, here she comes!" And up comes running a beautiful, according to the book, horse. <laughs> oh. Now I think that's terrible, but <laughs> she she morphs from uh, from a horse. She starts morphing back into a human. Now the one thing that Tobias and Jake learned is that they can't morph their clothing. So when they morph back into humans, they're naked. Oh no, she's naked. Cassie morphs back into a human, or starts to, and has like tight fitting like workout clothes or like a leotard on, and it like it comes up like she's wearing a leotard and it's like whoa and she's like yeah i've been practicing you can morph tight fitting clothing like but mm. not loose fitting clothing but as she's finishing morphing a cop car pulls up and so they kind of like shield her with their bodies as she's like finishing <laughs> and the cop Quick, comes you guys up. make a make a huddle around her the cop comes up and is like hey we're looking for kids who were setting off fireworks last night at the construction site do you know anyone who was doing that and they're like no uh, we're mall kids we just chill yeah, at the mall like, nope, we take us. the long way home yeah um, and so then the cop leaves. Oh, and the cop offers, like, hey, you guys should come check out the sharing. 
Um, the sharing, which is like a community outreach sort of program, youth group sort of like one oh, of those things. It's like Christian Taco Night. That's kind how they of. got me. That's how they got me to go to Wednesday night. Some bullshit. I wanted yeah. tacos. They were all cold. So they leave. Well, the cop leaves, and everyone's like, "Dude, that cop has to be a controller, right? Like, why is he going around looking for these kids? They must be looking for us, and that he must be in on it." And then someone also makes the connection. Hey, Jake, doesn't your brother Tom go to the sharing all the time? And Jake's like, shut it up, it's not a thing. Brother, yeah, his so brother has a brain slug. Jake also notes that he and his brother have not been as close in the past year. It's almost like his brother just stopped caring about a lot of stuff. His brother quit the high school basketball team, which is crazy. He seems dead behind the eyes, really. When I think about it, it seems like he's not even the same person. They they argue about what they should do. Should they help? Is it is it even their job to like do anything? We're just kids. This Guys, is Tom likes three doors down. He's not the same. <laughs> Um, Marco in particular is like, I don't think we should be, this isn't our fight. This is way bigger than us. If I die, my dad will literally die. I can't die. My dad will kill himself. Yeah. Like literally. Um, so, uh, the group decides it's likely the cop and probably Tom too are controllers. Jake refuses to believe that. Um, um, so they decide to like, well, we should at least check out this, the sharing group. Right. So Jake and Marco are walking home to Jake's house. And it's funny because he says, and we're we're trying to like keep our minds off of this stuff, so we're just trying to talk about normal shit, like who's gonna beat who and Destroyer Five, this new CD video game for the computer we're going to play tonight. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm like, wow, a CD video game. Uh, um, in the anime version of this, whenever they touch the animal, it would be like Rhino DNA acquired. <laughs> but like, I'm sure it's not like that. So they decide to check out this this meeting. The, um, Tom is like, oh, great. I'm glad you guys are interested. Actually, tonight we're having a bonfire at the beach. You should come to that. Bonfires so are the best. Bonfires go, are the best. They go to the beach. Uh, it turns out Tobias, they get there and they're like, where's Tobias? And they kind of look up and there's a hawk flying around. And Tobias is like, Cassie had this wounded hawk in her barn, so I acquired it. And Jesus Christ, it's the best thing in the world. So he's flying around. He loves it. Um, The bonfire seems normal. Everybody's friendly. They're having a good time. It's barbecue. And they're like, oh, just wait till you guys become, like, full members of the sharing. It changes your fucking life. Barbecue just means it's hot dogs. You never give kids real food, for sure. Uh, What is... What do they get when they become members? Well, that's what they don't know. They just kind of vaguely are like, oh, it's the best. It's so good. My life has changed ever since becoming a full member. And then they're like, all right, well, all of us full members have to go have our meeting, like, over off over this hill. Like, just stay here. Enjoy the bonfire or whatever. We'll be back in a bit or whatever. Um, and so the kids are like, all right, well, that's what we need to spy on. So Jake transforms into a dog. And kind of walks along the beach. He's like, no one's going to fucking care if a dog is just running around on the beach, right? They're just going to be like, oh, cool, a dog. So the dog, he's running around listening to conversation. And he hears Tom and another guy uh, talking about, um, uh, like, oh, uh, uh, I'm going to go to the Yerk pool soon. I'm excited. I'm, and one's like, oh, I just got back from it. I feel great. The guy Tom is talking to is their vice principal, Principal Chapman. The principal's a yurt! And Vice Principal Chapman, when he speaks, Jake goes, oh, that was the voice. That's the guy who said, just bring me their heads. Can I fucking, can I just say I fucking called both parts? I called both goddamn parts? So they're talking about the yurk pool. Tobias then is like, oh, the yurk pool. Uh, In this info dump I got in my brain, Elfingor told me about that. Every three or so days, a yurk has to leave its host body and um, swim around in a pool called the Yurk Pool that, like, has nutrients called Candrona Rays. And that's what, like, 
gives it its nutrients and then it goes back into its host. Just um, like the movie Cocoon, which means if you could hold Jake's brother for four days, could you get the thing out of him? The thing might starve, yeah. That's the Ooh. point. So they're like, so they're like, they're like, okay, well, that's it. Like, Tom says he's going to the York pool on Monday. Uh, and so they're like, okay, well, we got to, like, at least try to save Tom, like, Jake's brother, right? Even if this is too big for us, we got to save Jake's brother. And Marco is like, yeah, like, I don't want to try to save the world, but you're my best friend. I'm here for you and your brother, you know? We can save a one person at a time, guys. Yeah. So they're like, well, we need more info. We need to know how to get to your pool, where it is, what's going on. Um, so Jake is like, I got it. We'll spy on Vice Principal Chapman. It's got to be something he's going to do throughout the day. So Jake <laughs> Jake and Cassie catch a lizard. Jake acquires <laughs> it. And then at school, when no one's around, he's like he like skips class or whatever. He goes, gets in his locker, and morphs into a lizard. Yeah. And he immediately finds that this lizard's brain is very difficult to control. It, it's too it's too much it's, on just doing lizard too panicky. Shit. It's too like yeah. So it, he like crawls out of the vent into the hallway and immediately is like overwhelmed with lizard brain and like starts running off down the hallway and sees a spider and in his mind is like no 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 and the lizard just grabs the spider eats it swallows it and he like can't stop himself from eating the spider. <laughs> yeah. So he now gets, he, he has the sensation of eating a fucking spider. He gets fucking stepped on. His tail gets stepped on by someone's shoe and pops off. Oh, and he no. like and he like runs off without a tail, and then he realizes that person who stepped on him without knowing they didn't like see the lizard was Vice Principal Chapman. So he like mm. follows him down the hall. He follows him not into his office as he thought he was going, but into the janitor closet. And then while in there, he like twists one of the jacket hooks or like mop hooks or whatever. The thing. pool is at the school. And then the <laughs> and then the door opens, and Jake can like faintly hear like the sound of like water like splash, moving like splash, waves splash. almost and. Uh, very faintly uh, distressed screams and wails of people. <laughs> uh, like torch, like, like, ah! Yeah, like, please, please, no! no oh, because right once the alien's out, they're conscious again. Correct. Oh my god, it's a horror show in that It's pool. really awful and terrifying. This whole, like, the concept, I read this when I was eight, and I was like, Jesus yeah, Christ. This, this is pretty scary for a kid. Yeah. So, the group decides, okay, well, that's where we're going, that's probably where Tom is going to go to, like, enter this yerk pool, right? Um, so we should, like, go there and fuck it up. However, we need better morphs. So far, we have a lizard, a dog, and a bird. Like, that is not enough. <laughs> I am so happy this conversation is happening. <laughs> so they have this fun little adventure where they go to the gardens, which is this, that theme park with, like, the wildlife preserve attached to it. Wait um, a second. You can't just go... I mean, they're going to be turning no, to llamas and shit. But Cassie's okay. mom works there. So she's like, okay, oh, okay, I know my way around here. Once we get in, we'll like sneak into the back area behind the exhibits. And hopefully we won't get caught by security and we can get some cool stuff. We could go poke a bunch of animals. So, yeah. Well, they just have to touch them. And, and, <laughs> right. and what yeah. they find is that when they touch them, they have to concentrate on the animal to like acquire it. And it takes like 30, 40 seconds to do. But while they do it, the animal goes and they like notice this with the cat and the dog and the lizard. The animal goes into like a trance. And oh, it's okay. It's totally chill while it's being like acquired. Well, because you're psychically harvesting its mm -hmm. DNA. So they, so they get in. They kind of go into the back hallways behind all these exhibits. Um, and Cassie's like, all right, who wants to acquire, like, Big Tom or whatever? We just got him, like, here a couple weeks ago. And she, like, opens the door, and it's a fucking gorilla. And I want that morph so <laughs> bad. 
Is a gorilla easier to control because it's closer to a human brain? I'm going to say yes because they don't really talk about having a problem with that. So Marco mm. is like, I'll do it. So Why don't they all touch the animal? Why they can't get, they? Well, here's the thing, man, is they all get different animals. Because why okay, wouldn't you? You got to vary right. up your team. You can't have a full squad of rangers. You got to have a wizard on there too. Right, but why can't all of them have a gorilla in their arsenal no, in I addition? I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I think time was the factor here because they okay. were like people were coming by in the hallway and they needed to not get caught. Okay, so Marco becomes the gorilla. Marco what acquires is everyone... the gorilla. He doesn't okay. turn into it. He just acquires okay. it. Um, Tobias is like, I just want to keep the hawk if that's cool. The hawk is like rad and dope and totally fine. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> security spots them after Marco gets the gorilla. No one else has acquired an animal yet, so they go, fuck, okay, scatter. And then they <laughs> scatter. Jake and Marco run off together, and the security guard chases them rather than, like, the girls and Tobias. Um, so they, like, run. They, like, go into one door, and it's a fucking rhino staring them in the face. They go, oh, fuck, and they shut the door. They should have acquired the rhino. They should have uh, acquired the rhino. <laughs> uh, they then open another door, and there's nothing in there. So they go in, and like, okay, we got away. And then... After a second, they notice, like, why didn't the security guards follow us in here? Because this is the Python room. Uh, because Jake backs up and feels something soft and, like, kind of furry. And he's like, Marco, what's behind me? And Marco's like, uh, that is a tiger? <laughs> and so Jake, like, like, they're very still. And so he's like, okay. They're in a trance for, like, ten seconds when we acquire them. So I'm going to acquire this guy. And then we are going to book it. <laughs> and so they, he acquires it. It goes into a trance. They run. Turns out, oh, fuck, there's another tiger in this exhibit. And they barely get out and up the ladder in time before getting mauled by a goddamn tiger. This animorph power is not as good as I thought. It feels there are very limitations. situational. There are limitations. There's so uh, many limitations. So they get out. They eventually, like, rendezvous back outside. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, security didn't bother us. Once you guys got chased away, we managed to... Sneak around and continue normally. So, what did uh, they acquire? Uh, I don't think Cassie actually acquired a new one here, and we don't find out yet what Rachel acquired. Uh, okay, but okay. I will tell you, or you'll find out. Um, so, th so they all go home because it's dinner time, <laughs> and we got to get our next meal in us. I'm a kid. What am I going to go to McDonald's? Uh, and they wait. He has some kind of like tense family moments between Tom and him and his dad and whatever because he knows now Tom is controller, but doesn't. Can't let Tom know that he knows because then he'd know that something was up. Does dad have that conversation of just, Tom, I wish you would go back. The I just wish you'd get back on the basketball team. What are you doing with your life? No, no. Tom actually is like, I, who cares about sports? Like, I'm getting a lot of fulfillment from the sharing, blah, 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 all that kind oh, of shit. Oh, boy. Uh, so they, they Tom eventually leaves. He's like, all right, I got to go. I have stuff to do tonight. And Jake's like, what are you doing? And he's like, nothing. And the dad's like, oh, I bet it's a girl. You know, like that kind of shit. So Tom <laughs> okay, leaves. And then Jake calls everyone. And is like, all right, he's gone. Let's go. So they all meet up. Um, and they, they follow to the school. They, like, sneak in. Um, uh, oh, when they meet up, Cassie is not there. They're like, where's Cassie? And they're like, because they meet up, like, I think at Cassie's farm. And they're like, where's Cassie? And they're like, I don't know. And is Cassie's she galloping mom, as a horse again? Cassie's mom is like, she never came home for dinner, so I don't know. Uh, and Jake's like, oh, well, don't worry about it. We'll find her. I'm sure she's around. And so to themselves, like, maybe she's at the school, like, going to meet us there. So they go to the school. They um, see someone, like, walk in. I think Mr. Chapman or someone, like, walk in. So they kind of, like, sneak in. They're watching the door to the janitor's closet, and they see that cop from before coming up the hallway 
with Cassie by the arm, and he's like, "Oh no!" Her. Yeah. So they're like, "Fuck!" They got Cassie. So they follow him down into the into the room. They open the thing and they start walking down, and it's like a long flight of stairs, like way longer than they expected it to be. Um, and as they're going kind of down deeper and deeper into this like layer or like this it's, passageway, it's, it's, it's the inner Earth. Okay, this is yeah. again, this is where the Illuminati blood sacrifices so happen. The 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 wails and screams are getting louder, like they're getting closer to it, and finally they kind of get past like the passageway, and it opens up into a huge chamber, like underneath half the city, huge chamber. Yeah. And in the middle, there's this lake of this murky, metallic-looking liquid that's sort of bubbling and roiling. And you can tell it's roiling because there's a bunch of little things in it moving and swimming around. Is it the same silver when you drink a Capri Sun and become a silver person? Is it like that I sort of liquid? I imagine that, but like darker. Like, think, think like, give it like a dark greenish-black hue to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they kind of look around real quick. Um, Tobias is like on one of their shoulders cause he's like a hawk already. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, he's been a hawk for like a half an hour at this point. Cause he's been like flying around doing recon and shit. He's um, got to so change like a, back. He's got to reset that counter. Uh, so they kind of look around and they notice there's like two docks, like piers going out into the, into the lake. So two doctors who are peers are <laughs> on the water, David. So what, what they see is happening is that, uh, human controller with a yerk in their brain walks up to a pier Puts their head out over the pool. The yerk slides out of the ear and oh boy. plops into uh, the the water. And the yerk is like a slug, like a snail without a shell, yeah, um, but like a foot long. Ugh, yeah. Um, and right, and immediately after the yerk drops out, two hork bajirs grab the person and throw him in a cage. Yeah, because now they're conscious and they start screaming, yeah. get me the fuck out of here. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. They also notice that there's somewhere uh, – there's like some earth movers, like actual human equipment, like on the far end of the cavern, like constructing sure. shit, like yeah. in this underground sort of complex. Um, they also notice there's like a lounge area where a couple humans, some hork they're just kind of hanging out. Yeah, like, drinking some – having some coke and some popcorn, just hanging out. It's the gathering. And it turns out that – they figure out, oh, those are the collaborators. Those are the ones who are voluntarily willing to give themselves to the Yerks so they don't need to be held in cages and shit. Right. Um, uh, and Tobias is like, Jake, I see Tom. And Jake is like, is he in the lounge? And uh, Tobias is like, no, he's in a cage and he is yelling a lot. And Jake's like, oh, thank God. Like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's like, but I also see Cassie. She's on the pier. She's like, they're like marching her up to get because the other side of the pier, the other pier, is where they take the unwilling host and they shove their heads in the water. Yes, then, for the little little guy to yeah, get in their ears. When they pull them back out, they're under control. Ooh. So Cassie's like being brought up to that, and she's like, "Okay, well, we gotta like let's split up, get behind something, and morph." So Marco and Jake like start trying to like kind of go off, and they get spotted by a dude who's like, "Hey, what are you guys doing back there?" And they're like, "Oh, uh, nothing." And then as the guy is like. Talking to them, being like, all right, well, let's see what's going the on. The hawk grabs his Mm-mm. fucking eyeballs. Mm-mm. He didn't see Rachel was behind him. And Rachel starts morphing and getting bigger and bigger and gray and leathery. And suddenly, Rachel is an African bull elephant. <laughs> she turns into an elephant. <laughs> okay, so then we get that wonderful elephant, that yeah. noise. And she yep. just, what, runs she into the She just starts guy? just starts running through shit, knocking Hork-Bajir and Taxons and people over. Marco and Jacob go, all right, time to morph. 
Jake morphs into a tiger. Marco morphs into a gorilla. Again, everybody, 40 seconds later of the worst thing you've ever seen over a quarter. (laughs) It's morphin' time. Ah! Like, okay. So they start fucking shit up. Marco runs over to the cages and, like, rips the lock off cages and, like, opens the cage. And then he opens the cage and all the people inside are like, holy fuck, this is terrifying. And he, 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 like... mind talk to them? Well, he doesn't, though. As a gorilla, he just bows and then (laughs) puts his finger up and, like, beckons them out of the cage. <laughs> so they all start running. Um, Jake, Isn't that what Caesar did to show dominance? He puts his hand out and yeah, then you yeah. got to swipe it this way. Uh, Jake starts sprinting towards the pier because Tobias is like, Jake, Cassie is next in line. Like, it's going to happen. So Jake is running. He's not going to get there in time. And all of a sudden you hear a hawk scream and like <laughs> dives down and rakes the eyes of the hork that's holding I know, he's going to go for the eyes. Yeah. So she, like, breaks free and starts running, and as she, like, gets behind a thing, she morphs into a horse. Again, 40 seconds later, she turned into a horse. <laughs> uh, well, actually, Cassie, uh, it is noted, is the fastest morpher of the group. Oh, okay. So you know, she did it in 29.5 seconds. And while everyone else, when they morph, they can't really control what parts of their body change in what order. It's almost like Cassie can. So she oh, always morphs in a really elegant way or in a way that is, like, most useful. Um, well, she is. She, she's around animals. She's she, the like, animal gets person. Them. She's yeah, the yeah. animal one. Yeah. So uh, uh, they all morph. Uh, they're all fighting. It's fucking crazy. Pandemonium breaking out. Tom gets out of the cage and starts running with them. Um, they're all running towards the stairs. And then between them and the stairs, there's Visser 3. The, 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 the horse man. The bad yeah, guy. The bad guy. And he is like, the fuck is going on? And starts morphing into, he sees, like, the animals, the, the crazy animals, and, like, kind of thought speaks of, like, ah, so Elfangor lied. He wasn't the only Andalites left in this system. Oh, he doesn't, he thinks that they're, He doesn't okay. know they're humans, because he, he's like, Andalites are the only things that know how to morph. And yeah. Yurks don't know that it's, like, this technology, I think. They, right. Or they don't have access to it either way. So he's like, oh, there must be a small band of Andalite warriors who are, like, in hiding using guerrilla tactics. Haha, <laughs> guerrilla tactics. Because uh, the guy's a gorilla. <laughs> uh, so he starts morphing into this giant eight-legged, eight-headed alien that shoots fireballs out of the heads. Again, alien animals <laughs> are just better than human animals. Two people jumped on the back of Cassie, and so they're, like, riding Ca- uh, Cassie as she's, like, going. They're trying to get up the stairs. Rachel gets to the stairs first. They, like, they, like kind of... Like, get past Visser 3. He's, like, shooting fireballs at him. Hits a woman in the back that's riding Cassie, and she falls off. And, like, gets oh, okay. again. She's on fire. <laughs> uh, Rachel gets dead. to the stairs and has to start morphing back into human to get up the stairs. So she's, like, running up the stairs. It's, like, a half-elephant, half-person. Uh, she is the elephant man, I believe, is what you uh, would say. They, they recognize that, like, Visser 3 is too big now to get up the stairs or get through the passageway. So if we could just get there, we can, like, get out and and get out. Uh, uh, so they're, like, running up, running up, and then, like, Tom gets, like, knocked to the side or something, and just ends up being, like, fuck you, and, like, charging at, with his fists, like, at someone, and gets, like, recaptured. Oh, and no, And so Tom. everyone, there's chaos and pandemonium, everyone barely makes it to the stop, top of the stairs, they get out, they all kind of split and have to scatter and go their separate ways, they end up at their separate houses, um, uh, and then, uh... Jake wakes up the next morning. They're like, okay, we'll, like, meet tomorrow and figure out what the fuck. He hears Tom get home late at night. Um, a controller again because he was recaptured. Uh, and uh, uh, he wakes up. Jake wakes up in the morning to, like, tapping and scratching at his window. And he looks over the window and there's a fucking hawk, like, at his window. That's, like, kind of, like, treading water outside. He's like, open the window. I can't 
like do this forever. Like open That's the window. Tobias. Yeah. So Jake opens the window and it's Tobias and and Jake's like, oh, cool. Like we didn't know what ha- we didn't see what happened to you. Like we're glad you got out. And he's like, yeah. Here's the thing. I had to hide there for a long time, and I had already been in hawk form for like a half an hour beforehand. And oh, Jake's no. like, we'll, we'll change back. And he's like, yeah, Jake, listen, I tried. I'm a hawk now. He's a hawk now. And that is the end of the first book. Whoa. And now I realize I realize that we're not going to get through the second book today. We're but not going to get anywhere near the second book. <laughs> they're already one man down. They are. I mean, well, they're up they a hawk, hawk but still. down yeah. a man. But he has no morphing power anymore, and it's just a hawk. Oh no! And he can only talk with his friends. Well, he can talk to anyone he wants to, but yeah, he should only talk to his friends. <laughs> Otherwise, if he talks to the wrong person, that person might be a controller and then put two and two together. He's never going to go to the prom. He's never yeah. going to have a first dance. It's, so oh. a couple things they realize is that controllers could be anyone. Yeah, so now they have to be very careful. And, and, and they don't even have tells necessarily, you know? Um, although there was a point, actually, and this will come into play later, when uh, Tom was inviting Jake and Marco to the sharing meeting. Um, there was a point where he, like, Tom was like, oh, you guys should come. You guys should totally join The Shining. It'd be great. And Jake was, like, trying to play along so he could go. He was like, yeah, that sounds great. I'm interested. And for a split second, he said it looked like Tom, like, jerked his head to the side and, like, looked, like, really afraid all of a sudden. And then suddenly that was gone. And he, like, nothing ever happened. So, like, Ooh. there might be a little bit of resistance on the inside kind of thing. But obviously it was quelled. Uh, but These that is, children are outnumbered, David. They truly are a rebel band, oh, and they and have they a are, lot to contend with. I mean, and they're they're junior hires, and they are they are going to have to grow up so fast with such trauma throughout <laughs> this series. It's amazing. All before <laughs> dinner time. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, so that that is Animorphs number one, the invasion. I imagine the next ones we can get through a little faster because we had to do some pre stuff on this one. But man, sure, sure, we have got an epic tale ahead of us. Well, let's go to lessons. Let's do it. Lessons. Uh, first lesson, and this happens a lot, but older brothers are just the worst. Like they just <laughs> don't get you. You're just like zigging when you're zagging. Older brothers are the worst. <laughs> I've been screaming it this whole episode. Alien animals are too powerful. There's no <laughs> way human animals like what is the most devastating human animal? Maybe they're gonna maybe they can touch a black mamba, but like that's gonna be hard to do. Um, I mean, uh, a full grown Siberian tiger sure. is a pretty terrifying creature. Okay, uh, okay. a full grown gorilla is a pretty t- an elephant, right? Like he turned into an eight legged animal with fireballs. Mm. Yeah, he did. Okay. Um, uh, listen, trust in your friends. Friends Dude. are the best. They're, they got your back. They know what's going on. You just have yeah. to, like, trust them. Yeah, and it will happen in a later book, but like, or in later books, but, like, that will be a theme that comes through. It's like, hey, as friends, we will come through for each other when it matters, you know? And, and, and a lot of these kids, too, they're not even necessarily at the start, like, super friends with each other. Like, like kind right. of you were saying, it sort of all extends from Jake. But, you know, throughout this, they now have shared trauma. They are, they are going to become, like, a small little family. Um, and, and I honestly, like, in reading through this, even the first three books, like, I, and remembering some things that happen later and some things that get revealed, like, man, these are, they're, they're great characters. They're all really fun and they have, like, kind of unique voices and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's an interesting read. Uh, I, uh, okay, that's all my lessons. Uh, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate that. While the kids are kids, 
the events happening to them are not something that you would expect in a children's novel. Yeah. Right? Like, I guess, no, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of, like, Narnia. Like, no, those kids fight wars and stuff like that. Yeah. But this is pretty horrific, the things yeah, they're having there are, to do. Yeah, and there are different points throughout the series where, in, in addition to just kind of the grotesque morphing body horror, like, yeah, where, like, people get injured or hurt or, like, they see gruesome murder and death. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or even just, like, kind of these existential ideas of, like, facing, like, not even just the idea of dying, but the idea of getting controlled by a yerk. The idea of losing family to the yerks. Like, all of this is a really big sort of, like, emotional pivot point in the series. The yurts feel a lot like the QAnon conspiracy. It's tearing up families. It's ruining <laughs> Facebooks. This is not good. And it, well, and, it, and it kind of comes slowly over time. You don't necessarily see the signs of it until it's too late. And only when it's too late. It was funny. At a certain point, at a certain point a little while ago, I was like, man... I guess we must be in book two already. Nope, we're no. still just... No, uh, and there is a lot that has to happen in that first book in particular. Um, all of these books are kind of like a particular event or mission and like the small events surrounding it. So uh, it's kind of a nice little episodic sort of format. Uh, this was all Jake's point of view. Who? What is next week's episode? Who's uh, it from? Next time will be Rachel, his cousin. Oh, we'll find out all. And then about I'll give you, a, I'll give you a, further, a further little teaser. The third book after that will be from Tobias's point of view. Ooh, that's a Hawk book. Yep. Oh boy! Uh, I mean, uh, thank you for doing. You you have more homework to do. You have you have so this many is books. Some to of the read. most fun homework I've had in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, can't tell you enough how good the series is. And and honestly, uh, one of the things I meant to say earlier was, um, like, I I feel like this book was like pretty popular in our age group, and in particular with boys in our age group. Although that's interesting to me because it. Girls love really, horses. It's not really written for boys. It's not even written by a boy. Like K.A. Applegate right. is a woman, uh, uh, and you know, the point, a lot of point of view books are from female characters' points of views. Um, I, you know, it was sci-fi in the '90s, so I guess it was probably geared marketing-wise, probably towards boys more than girls. Maybe, but, yeah. But man, the, there are some themes, and when we eventually, in a long time, get to the end of this series. We are going to have learned some things about war and about loss <laughs> and sacrifice. I consider this a win just knowing that it takes those kids 30 fucking seconds and that they have to hide <laughs> while doing it. And for 30 seconds, they're just like, Wah! like uh, that's there, so there funny There is a me. point. I, I won't tell you when, but there is a point at some point where kid, the some of them are like falling from a great height and midair morph into birds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you're fall, yeah. If I mean, I guess if you got dropped out of an airplane or some shit, yeah. And then at the last moment, swoop away or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Well, listen, so fun. I'm excited to now have a basis because I feel like my predictions. Now that I know where the story is going, yeah. I can sort of navigate those waters a little bit, uh, a little bit better. But. Uh, what a journey we're about to embark on. Dude, Thank you I'm for being so our captain. Uh, the captain of this Animorph ship. Well, that's David Miller. That's true. Oh, I, I did want to say, let's get a little bit of interactivity with our audience. Uh, uh, feel free what? to tweet at us. Like, what animals would you want to morph into? And how do you think, like, its mind would be to control? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, what animal you want to be, what would it be like? And if you want to send us a transformation video, please oh, do it. if you it. know how to do that, do that, yeah. If you know how to do that, I think that would be a good idea. I'll post mine as well. Cool. Go ahead and uh, tweet that uh, to us, at the Storytime Pod. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's all I had. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for
for joining us on this galactic adventure of mm-hmm. intergalactic struggle between the Andalites and the Yurts. Yeah. Tune yurks, in yurks next week. Yurts with a week. K, not a T. Not a t- it's a Yurk. Yeah. Thank <laughs> they're not, you. They're not tense. They're not tense. That was a joke. Join us next week when we find out more <laughs> adventures from this band of middle school morphers here on Storytime. I'm David Miller. I'm Michael Santel. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. That's our show. Thanks for coming round. Don't be sad. No need to frown. We'll have more stories. Don't throw a fit. Goodbye, one and all, and we'll see you in a bit. Three, two, one. Guts, volume two. Hey, everyone. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> I almost just straight up was like, hey, everyone, this is David Miller. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> here we go again, again. <laughs>